Men ought always to pray and not to faint. How many ever faint in your life? Do you ever faint? Maybe a smaller degree, sometimes a larger degree. We faint sometimes in life. God's given us a key. God's given us a key to not faint. You know, when we faint, that's where discouragement comes from. And, and, you know, a person that allows discouragement to continue in their life, you know what happens? You know what happens? They get real down, defeated. Depression comes from that. And so God's given us a remedy. Aren't you glad for the remedies that God gives? He said men are always to pray. When you get ready to faint, don't faint. Start praying. Just go to God. Somehow it keeps the fainting away. Amen. Amen. Keeps the fainting away. Now verse 2. That's free. It won't cost you anything. That doesn't have anything really to do with anything. Verse 2. Saying, here's Jesus' words now. There was in a city a judge which feared not God nor regarded man. Well, that doesn't sound, that sounds like America to me, don't you? You know, we got a lot of judges that don't really fear God in our country. Don't care about God. You know, God is the institute of our country. God's what, he's our foundation. If you don't believe that, every, all 50 state constitutions have words referring to God. You say, how'd that happen? It happened because he was our foundation. He was our, our, our principle. He's the rock by which we were established as a nation. And judges were right. But you know when our judges today, a lot of them don't fear God. And they don't regard man. They get to a, a place, a position of power, authority. And they use that authority not for God. Mm. I feel bad for every judge that allows abortion to occur in our country. I feel bad for that judge because that judge has to stand for God for their judging. Amen. And so we find a case here of a man. And and that that really wasn't my sermon, but it's worth saying. But he said here, um, there's a judge he didn't fear God. He, didn't, he wasn't interested in God. And he didn't regard man. <laughs> but he met a formidable foe that day. Oh, yes. Verse 3. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, See, he recognized he didn't fear God, did he? Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you, 
but he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Let's bow in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we need your help. We need your strength, your power this morning. With men, things are not possible, but with God, all things are possible. So I ask your help and your blessings this morning. And Lord, may they not hear from a preacher this morning. May they not hear from me, but God, would you help each Christian to hear from you and hear what you're trying to teach us. And God, help our hearts to be tender enough to where the truth can land on it and it can produce seed in our life. So help us, we pray, as we talk about prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I find that prayer is a subject that there's no middle ground on. Either, either you like it or you don't, right? Either a person has found power in it or they have not yet tapped into it and may think it really doesn't work, that it's non-existent. But the question comes to mind, why would God tell us to pray if it didn't work? Is God just playing games with us? Do we really serve that kind of God? I say no. I say we serve a God who's teaching us that there are great possibilities through prayer. Great possibilities. And we find in the passage one of those examples of great possibilities that uh, came through prayer. And we find it on the benefit of a widow woman. And obviously there was a, some case uh, preemptive to this that caused her to come to this judge and, and ask the judge and request the judge, Judge, I need you to avenge me of my adversary. I need vind uh, to be avenged. Now the word avenge means vindicated. Now somehow this widow woman had been unjustly treated or unjustly caused or she felt that way for some reason. And so it was the proper way to go. Thank you, uh, Brother Gonzo. Oh, that's good. Hot water. Amen. So he said, the widow woman went to the judge and she said, Benjamin, mine adversary. And what did he do? What did the judge do? He wouldn't. He would. Why? Because he didn't fear God and because he didn't regard man. You know, there are a lot of people in life who live their life, care, could care less about others, care less about men. And can I tell you, the, anytime you're in a position of a leadership or authority, there's a great responsibility to make sure that you take care of others and treat others under you. I'm speaking to dads and moms. You have children in your home. God's blessed you. Let me say, take care of them. Treat them right. And by the way, bring them to church where they can hear about God. How's their life going to ever be blessed if they leave God out? Amen. 
And so the widow woman came to the judge this day and she said, judge, avenge me, vindicate me on my, of mine adversary. Now we don't know the detail. We don't know what the case was about. We don't know who this adversary was. But I promise you, every Christian's got an adversary. And they may not be the person uh, around you or the person in the world that gives you difficulty or trouble. But I promise you, there is a devil that walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's not nice. He's not pretty, but yet he sneaks in subtly, and if we swallow the hook, he'll take our lives and he'll destroy our lives. He will. So we don't know the adversary in this case, but she had one. She had an adversary. And she goes to the judge and says, avenge me of this. I don't deserve this. This, this isn't right. And that judge, he didn't care about her. And he said, no. He said, no. Verse 4, he would not for a while. For a while, he wouldn't listen to her. Oh, that old woman, she keeps coming over here harassing me, telling me, avenge me of adversary. Avenge me of adversary. That's all I ever hear from her. Avenge me. Avenge me. Avenge me. She's the nagginest woman you'd ever meet in your life. She just keeps coming knocking on my door every morning. I know she's going to be there. Boy, there she is. I open my door, and you know what she says? Avenge me of mine adversary. Mmm. You know, some battles are won by just continuing and continuing and continuing and continuing and continuing. Some battles are won by just sticking with it. Amen. You say, preacher, no, I, I knew a man. He got up and gave a testimony in a different church one time. He said, I've come to this church for 29 years, but I've never been saved. He said, I never, I never could walk that aisle and receive Christ. He said, but I got saved this morning. I trusted Christ. After 29 years, I'm going to tell you. Sometimes a preacher just keeps on preaching and preaching and preaching and staying with it till, till the day you die. Some things, some battles are won like that. You say, I have a difficulty overcoming some things in my life. You better just keep sticking with it. You better just hang in there. You better not give up. That old adversary is going to win the victory. You better just hang in there. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. There's that old widow woman again. She'd come to nag me today one more time. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't avenge her for a while, as Scripture says. <clears throat> but notice, it says in verse 4, notice what it says. But afterward, he said within himself. Now, he got to thinking about it, didn't he? He got to thinking. Hmm. 
Should I avenge this woman? No. I don't want to. But should I? Should I give her what she wants? She keeps bugging me. And notice what he said within himself. Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me. Now he called it troubling, didn't he? He was troubled by her coming. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming. Did you see that? Her continual coming, she weary me. So here's a judge who didn't care about the woman, and he really didn't care about avenging her. That wasn't what he wanted. What he wanted was to shut the woman up. Am I right? Yes. Is that what it's teaching? It's saying her continual coming, she wearies me. Now, I really thought of using an example of a, of a home and a family today of a, of a husband who, whose wife comes to him again and again and says, can you do this? Can you do this job? Can you do this job? But I was afraid that illustration would hit too close to home. <laughs> Amen. And my mama taught me a little better than that. Amen. <laughs> oh. But here we have this widow woman who got what she needed done. Not because she was a special, not because she was a great prayer warrior, not because she had great talent, not because she slipped some money under the table to the judge. She didn't get it done that way. She just kept knocking on his door and kept knocking on his door. And kept knocking on his door. And kept knocking. And she just kept knocking on his door and she wouldn't quit. And I'm saying to you this morning that this is a principle of prayer. And how many times I hear this statement and how many times I prayed on my own and I said, Lord, why don't you answer the prayer? And it may just be that God is trying to teach me to just keep praying. Just keep praying. You know, if God answered every prayer we prayed the first time we prayed it, you know what you'd do? You'd say, oh, okay, well, God's there anytime I want him. I'm going to go off and live however I want. Yeah. Right? Oh, I need a new car. Okay, God, I need a new car. Would you give me a new car? Boom, new car appeared. Hey, we'll get my new car and we'll forget about God. Do you realize how continual prayer keeps us close to God. And after all, isn't that why God created us in the Garden of Eden? So that we can have fellowship with him and talk with him. I think God sometimes in, in uh, heaven says, oh, you have a need? Well, it's so good to talk to you. I'm glad you came to me. Let's keep talking. Would you like to keep talking for a while? I'd like that. Would you like to talk to me? Yeah, and, and imagine how puny we are. Well, God, I came to you for something. And if you don't give it to me, then I'm not talking to you. Think of that end of it. Think of what God thinks and what he feels. So he's instituted a principle for us. If we'll get a hold of it, if we'll get a hold of it, we can see some wonderful things in our life. And it's the principle 
of what we call importunity. And, and it's simply put, we just keep asking and keep knocking. You know that verse about prayer in James chapter 4 says, ask and you shall receive. Do you know that that word ask does not mean ask one time? That word ask means ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. Most of us, our spiritual life is so puny, after about three times we quit asking. Are you with me? Most of us are so concentrated and focused on the things going on in this world and the pleasures of this world, the ball game and all of that, that we prayed three times while we've given up on that thing. And God in heaven says, you talked to me three times, I'd like to talk to you some more. I wonder what God really thinks. God's teaching us a principle and he's saying, hey, listen, if you just keep coming and keep coming, keep coming, you'd be surprised what God will do for you when you just keep coming. Didn't he say to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee puny little things that thou knowest not. He didn't say that. He said, you say, preacher, you're, you're talking about fanciful things. Hey, it's written in the word of God. Amen. It's God's word. If he didn't mean it, why would he write it? <laughs> he wrote it because it's a principle that if we'll get it, my mother's not saved. Oh, keep knocking on the door for her. My daddy's not saved. Oh, keep knocking. And wouldn't it be good if everybody prayed for somebody else's father or mother to be saved? Wouldn't that be good? That's called interceding in prayer. Praying for somebody else. And God's trying to teach us, just you better keep knocking. You better keep asking. Better keep going to the throne of grace. And by the way, we can come boldly to that throne of grace. Keep knocking, God says. So the widow woman got a hold of the principle. She said, I'm just going to keep bugging that judge. <laughs> I think she was an ornery little one. Amen. She might, I picture her as 90 pounds. She's 90 pounds. I picture the judge as about 295. And here she goes up to the judge with a smile. She knows something he don't know. She knows importunity. And she goes up to his house with a smile. I'm asking again, judge. I'm asking again. Leave me alone. Shut the door. Woman, would you leave me alone? Avenge me of my adversary. Shut the door. Mm. What would you do if you had a door-to-door -door salesman do that? Think of it. Think of it. What would you do if you had a door store salesman do? You'd lose your Christianity. Amen. We would. We would. <clears throat> but she knows something, doesn't she? She knows something. She knows she just keeps knocking. One of these days, that old 295-pound judge is going to melt like a wax in the sunshine. And finally, he threw up his hands one day. Okay, woman, whatever you want, it's yours. I'm going to avenge you of your adversary. 
And he did it because she just kept on knocking and asking. Now, the passage context is all about prayer. It's about going to God with this spirit of saying, Lord, you're my God. I love you. You answer prayers. And, but, Lord, you also want to talk to me. You want to have a fellowship with me. And, and I want to have fellowship with you. You know, and isn't fellowship established a, a good foundation for prayer? You say, I have needs. Have you established time with God? Are you spending time with God? God sometimes is our emergency plan. Whoa, something bad happened. Oh, God, I need you now. God says, oh, yeah, I remember you. You checked in with me back in 1997. I remember you. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Hey, let's talk for a while. And we look to God and say, uh, no, I, I don't really want to talk. I just got an emergency. I, I just need this done. Huh. And I wonder what God, I wonder the sorrow in God's heart sometimes when he, when he hears us on our emergency plan. When he says, you know, I created you because I want to talk to you. I want fellowship with you. I want to spend some time with you because I love you and I care about you. And I want, I want to be your God. I can see the little woman on her knees before she goes and talks to the judge. Saying, God, you're good. You're great. You're wonderful. <laughs> Who wouldn't give to a praying? By the way, I believe it's praying mothers. Praying mothers that change things in this world. I really do. So he's teaching us about prayer. Now, you know what's interesting about the passage? He's not teaching them how to pray. He's teaching them to pray and pray and pray. You know, he's already, if you go to Luke chapter 11, we're in 16, or we're in 18. If you go to Luke chapter 11, the disciples had already asked Jesus, teach us to pray. They'd already, they already wanted to know. And the Lord told them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. Now, by the way, that prayer was not meant to be repeated. It was meant to be a model of prayer. So when he says, we pray, hallowed be thy name, what he's meaning is you recognize that God is great and he has, he's a wonderful God and his name is great. It's recognition in prayer. And then we come, that's chapter 11. And now we come to Luke chapter 18. He's already taught them how to pray. They already know how to pray. But we come to chapter 18 and now Jesus is saying, it's time to get with what you learn. I already gave it to you. And through the widow woman, he's saying, you better just keep knocking. I wonder how many times the disciples prayed between chapter 11 and chapter 18 and didn't get their prayer answered. I wonder. But chapter 18 came up and Jesus said, I think I'll tell them about the, I think I'll tell them about the little widow woman who, who got what she needed because she had a walk with me and she kept knocking. 
Oh, listen, I want to tell you something. God even made the sun stand still when a man prayed. God put meal back in that widow of Zarephath's barrel again and again and again when she prayed and God blessed her. Christian, God's teaching us to pray, but not just pray, but to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray. You'd be surprised how much better of a Christian you and I become when we just keep it up, keep up. Why don't you put a little note in your car when you're on your way to work? Pray. 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 And then on your way home from work, you'll see that little note. Pray. Pray. See, God's teaching us that answers come through continual prayer. Now, sometimes I wish... I could go to God right away and get that prayer answered. But you see, we have to establish that relationship with God. You know, we get that relationship established. See, my wife, if she'll ask me, I, need, I want something, she gets it. You know why? The relationship's already there. But don't, don't go asking for expensive stuff. <laughs> Amen? Keep it under a certain dollar amount and all God's men said... But just, you just kept on praying. You say, well, preacher, I'd like to, I'd like to do more for missions. Have you ever connected it with just keeping on praying and praying and praying, praying and praying? Preacher, I'd like to, I'd like to do this. I'd like to see this happen. Well, if you'd like to see it happen and it's good and it's in God's will, then just keep on praying about it. Just keep on, keep at it. You know, if we pray about something one time, it might not really be that big a deal on our heart, right? But if it's really in our heart, we're going to keep going to God with it. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep asking. We're going to keep going to God. Oh, it's what she did. Oh, that's what she did. She knew something. She knew a little secret about God. She said, God and me, we got it going on. God and me are together. And <laughs> when I knock on that door, I know my God's going to hear me. Did you know that you serve the same God as the widow woman? You serve the same God. God is not limited to prayer. And sometimes our prayers are hindered. Sometimes we don't have our prayers answered. And Bible teaches us prayerlessness is one way. When we don't pray, we can't have our prayers answered. Unconfessed sin is a second hindrance. If, we, if, we, if, we, if I regard, like David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I got some unconfessed sin in my life, God's not going to hear me. Why would God answer our prayer when our sin is directly offensive to him? Why? Why would he do it? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Do you know, even in 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse 7, our relationships, husbands and wives with each other, 
can, our prayers can be hindered because our relationships with each other are not right. So we've got to keep that good and right. Amen? Keep it good and right. But when we just keep on, when, when things are right and we just keep on asking, you'd be surprised what God will do. You'd be surprised what God will do. God can do great things and God wants to do great things. He wants to show himself mighty unto us, but we just got to keep on praying, praying, and praying. I look at our country and the condition of our country, and I see it constantly taking bite-sized pieces out of decency and morality. Where are we going to be 20 years from now? Well, all this stuff, it's not acceptable to God. And, and, and society keeps whittling it away. No fear of God. What's it going to be like down the road? No wonder it teaches when God comes again. It was like in the days of Noah when he was fed up. He was. But I'll tell you what he told us to do about it. He told us to pray. He told us to pray. Our senators, our congresspeople, our president. Every one of them need us praying for them. You know why? Because I'll tell you why. If we lose America to evil and wickedness, which is on its pathway, and it can get worse. That old devil's got some tricks he hasn't released yet on our country. But if we're not praying, we'll see some bad things in our world. Let's, let's keep praying. Our country needs us. Secondly, our families need prayer. Our families need prayer. Your children need your prayer. Your wife needs your prayer. Your husband needs your prayer. We all need each other's prayer. And not just prayer today, but continual coming. Continual coming. Can I say thirdly, lost people need our prayer. Lost people need our prayer. And, and the word lost is very descriptive in the Bible because have you ever been lost? You ever been lost? Can you imagine being out in the middle of the ocean, not have a compass? You'd be lost. You would have no direction. And this is the compassion that God is teaching us to have for the lost because they are like that, in, like a person in the middle of an ocean. They don't know they're lost. They need our prayer. They need our prayers. Are you praying? Are you praying? Have you forgot about prayer? Have you lost sight that prayer is really a key? And you know, sometimes I would like to see our world better. I like to see things in our world done better. And I feel powerless to do it. I'd, I'd like to change a lot of things. If I were president, everybody would hate me. I'll promise you that. Because yeah. I'd do some changing. <laughs> Amen. Right. Amen. But uh, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. We have a greater power than that. We have a power of prayer. The widow can pray. The child can pray. The dad, the mom... We can all pray. So I'm saying to you today, remove any hindrances that are hindering your prayers. 
put them on the altar. Put them on the altar. And let's start praying. You know, something's, something's great. I, I, won't, I pray for this church. I just pray God just bless it. Expand it. I can't wait for a day. It just grows and keeps growing and exploding. Amen? Then you got to pay for a new building. <laughs> but I can't wait for that day. And I believe God will do it. By the way, he won't do it unless we're praying. He just wants us to keep praying and keep praying. And would you pray with me on that? Would you pray with me? Others are hurting. Others have needs and burdens. The key is not just one prayer. The key is to keep on praying. Make you a list. Be faithful to that list every day. Find time to pray because it can accomplish more than you can a day full of rushing around and doing our own thing. And Jesus is teaching it. I wonder if I could invite the little widow woman to come to church this morning, the 90, 90 pound widow woman. I wonder if I could have her come up and give a testimony with her gray hair. And as she combs back her gray hair and puts on her glasses and stands, I think she'd look at us and she'd say, you know, <clears throat> I needed something done from God. <laughs> and I just, I just went to the judge and I just decided to keep knocking. And look what he did for me. Look what he did for me. He did something wonderful. Now, I'm not trying to preach to you something that's not biblical or fanciful or ideological. I'm, I'm preaching to the straight Bible truth of what it says. And oh, if we'll get a hold of it, God will bless me. God will bless you. Oh, let's keep praying, Christian. Don't forget God. And maybe you've left, maybe you've kind of left God on your side. Why don't you get back to prayer? Get back to prayer. God desires it. Men ought always to pray. Always to pray and not to faint. And if you feel like you're fainting today or life is swallowing you up or discouragement has bewildered your life and your mind, why don't you try praying? Why don't you try praying? Because there's a God in heaven who's given it to us as a wonderful, blessed remedy in our life. Men are always to pray and not to faint. Let's bow our heads this morning, close our eyes.